Good morning and welcome everyone. Um, this morning, Katie and I on Hearts, Hooves, Turquoise and Trauma have a special guest from Watford City. Um, it's Mr. Gene Veter. He is a rancher by heart, always will be, and does a lot of things with the community in the state of North Dakota. He works as a director of economic development. He's on the water board, but he has had a journey with horses in the ranching industry that we would really like to touch on and share. So welcome, Gene. Good morning. Good morning. Gene, is there anything you want to say about yourself before we get rolling with a few questions that we have for you? Well, um, I appreciate you uh, talking to me about this topic, and uh, I've had a lifetime around horses, so I look forward to the conversation. Wonderful. Well, let's get started a little bit um, about maybe why we had this phone call in the first place. So we have heard that you went through a severe acute pancreatic, pancreatic cancer and some other health issues that had you in the hospital for a really long period of time. And your brother Wade actually informed me that you all you wanted to do was get out of that hospital and get on a horse and you were going to do it no matter what. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that journey and how the horse helped you? Well, it's kind of interesting. I've had a I've had a number of uh, medical events, even one prior to that where I'd had an aortic dissection and then, uh, you know, I was just kind of out of the blue and I survived that. As I was healing from that, uh, kind of got back on my feet and got back to the ranch. And then I wound up with this. It was actually acute pancreatitis. Okay. And, um, and um, so that took me from a healthy, active person one day. I, I remember we were actually working cattle. I came home, got sick, uh, basically wound up with uh, gallstones, which migrated into my pancreas and then just took me out to uh, months of near death, really, and, and uh, coma. I spent most of that time in the University of Minnesota Hospital for that entire winter. And so um, it just depleted me physically to the point where I couldn't walk, and I, I uh, was just a skeleton of the person that I started. So that was a, an incredibly uh, challenging time in in my life because I, um, I I I reached the end where it looked like I wasn't going to make it a number of times and kind of pulled through it so what so anyway yeah go ahead I was just going to say what you know when you woke up from that coma what were your initial thoughts or how did you kind of come to through that moment well you you know, you go through a time where, you know, when you enter this thing, you're probably more coherent and then you're out of it for months and not even, you know, you're going in and out of these delusionary states. So, um, you know, you come out of it and you're in a foreign place, a foreign city. Uh, I'm a person that that's outside every day. It's part of my existence. And so you're just basically laying in a hospital bed for all that time. Um it was, you know, and the first thing you do, I think most people do, is you just want to return to normalcy. And normalcy mm -hmm. for me was the ranch. And without it, I guess I realized that I don't really exist outside of that. 
I hope I don't see that day again where I, where I have to. So <laughs> that was kind of my first thought is how can I, am I going to be able to get out of here? And if I have, am out of here, am I going to ever be able to return to a normal life? And that, that was my first thoughts. There's a lot of depression and um, anxiety that comes with that because your choice is that maybe you'll wind up hospitalized or in a nursing home or something the rest of your life. And that, that's your first choice. So that, that's the best I can answer that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And I'm so glad you did end up back at the ranch. Um, one question that we kind of always ask our guests, and I know you've kind of talked a little bit about medical trauma, but when you think about the word trauma, everything that, you know, you've been through, medical and just life in general what is your definition of trauma well i think the the best definition is just uh, a kind of out of the blue action that completely alters your life that's that's the trauma trauma and it can be almost anything but but in my case it was one day you're up doing the things that you normally do and then that's followed by Next time you wake up, your family's surrounding you and um, saying goodbye, really. So, you know, the trauma of coming back from that, any one, any one of those instances where your life is just immediately altered, to me, is what trauma is. Um, I'm just absorbing that. So your family was surrounding you, and maybe you thought it was over, you were thinking these worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't. Um, and I know once you did get out of that hospital, your family was all there, especially I know your brother helped with the horses. Can you mm-hmm. touch on that goal that you had to saddle that horse and um, the core of you just said, I'm going to do this and how that it helped is. your healing process? Yeah, it is. I think it I think that's a it's a fair question in that, you know, what defines a person who's had your physical abilities taken away from you. In my case, I just was so weak. So Mm -hmm. that to me, that was, and then when I was working on the ranch, my brother was here and my son-in-law was here and they could have handled everything. They didn't, you know, but then as a patient, that's not acceptable that you say, okay, I'm going to watch you do these things. So in, in my case, it was, and it's interesting because it's only horses that would probably do that although maybe somebody who rises from a wheelchair and can walk again. But in my mind, if I could get on the horse, then I, once I was on the horse, I was equal to my brother and my son-in-law in terms of the kind of work that I could get done. So if I could get myself on the horse, then the horse could do all the things. Like I couldn't run. I could barely walk. Uh, certainly couldn't stand up for, you know, even three or four minutes. And so, but if I could get on the horse, then all of a sudden we were back to equal again. That was a huge moment for me. I felt if I could get on the horse, then I could be productive again. And being productive is what th- drives people like me. You just got to feel like you're productive. Well, that that's North Dakota spirit right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> it and that and that's what we're touching on too. Is it fair to say that that horse? I mean, it was probably hard getting on it. I'm sure that was the biggest struggle. But that yeah. horse was your freedom. That horse was your ticket yeah. to be just like you said, equal. In my case, that's absolutely that's absolutely the case. It was my when you asked what drove me to it, I thought 
I may never be able to even lift a pail of grain again, but if you can get me on the horse, then it, it, it was the defining moment for me. I remember um, my daughter and my son-in-law were watching me try to get on a horse. And um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a guy who gets angry very often. I don't yell at people. I don't, that's just not my nature. But I remember striking out to them and saying, leave me alone let me do this. And I think they were taken back by that because I, it was, I just couldn't get on, you know, but, but that was kind of defining moment for them. Probably that's probably the first that they saw that this is personal here. It's not, and, 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 and you have pride too, you know, so the, the pride is, uh, I, I remember when my sister-in-law said something that she said, well, she didn't say this in a mean way, but she said, well, I have, she's, she's a rider and a barrel racer. And she said, I have a friend in Texas that uses a stool to get on her horse. And I was so mad about her saying that to me. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I said, just... do not compare me to your old friends back in Texas. That's not what I want to hear. Right. And I was going to ask that. How was the process? You know, the horse has a lot of movement, you know, were yep. you able to yep. absorb that? Or once you got back on, did it feel yep. like you'd been in the saddle or how was that kind of rehab? Once I got process? on, once I got on, it was fine. Um, but I do remember uh, that, uh, you know, I, I th started making the transition to, you know, a, a 14 and a half hand horse because I thought I might not be able to. So I, so I, my, the horses we had rode were big, you know, and that, mm -hmm. that's a, quite a difference if you can't, you know, and I understand now elderly people or as you get older, it's harder to get on. And in my opinion, most of the wrecks that you have in your life with the horse, uh, large percentage of them is when you first swing on the horse, you know, that the horse is so true. Reacts oh, or, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so, is, you know, that's actually, gonna... I work in a, um, an adaptive and a therapeutic horseback riding program and we try mm -hmm. to get out of our mounting block, you know, I mean, we don't rush it, but we try not to have any extra conversations because it's actually yeah. a national statistic that within, you know, adaptive and therapeutic riding programs 70 percent of the accidents happen in the mounting block okay that then that that quantifies what i just said it's something that i know dealing with novice riders and things so so anyway how i adapted was uh well and it's and i have to tell you i'm going to jump way forward right now You're is fine. that right now today i don't have i i I get on and off and do all the things normally i don't think anybody could ever ever tell that i'd ever been Wow. I'm 66 years old and I, I, I'm very, some days I wake up and go, I can't believe I got back to this state, but you know, that's that set, set of muscles that lifting your leg up into the stirrup and lifting your entire body with one leg is a pretty, that's a pretty intense set of muscles that people don't use normally. And so well, it's I, probably one of the harder things to do. Yeah. I think we as riders every day kind of take that for granted. Yes. I mean, mm -hmm. since I've been around a lot more youth that don't just get on a horse all the time. I mean, that is the biggest process getting yeah, yeah. on, getting off. Like, and that's when my heart just is like, get, get through this. So Gene, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, safely. I'm the safety police, but um, going back to subject here, what, um, you know, when you're, you're the one that's suffering but your family's all there supporting. It seems like the patient or the person that's going through it maybe 
takes everything out on the people they're closest to and maybe even the horse. Yeah. Yeah. But how do you see the relationship that a horse and family doesn't judge? Can you put that in Gene Veter words? Well, that's a, that's something I've not thought about, but as a patient, you aren't aware of what you just said, that the family and the horse doesn't judge. Um, and so, you know, that's the, that's kind of the come to Jesus moment when you get healthy again is to say, you know, they're just here to support you. They're not, they're even like I said, I was trying to get on family's not making fun of you or whatever, but if you're like me, one thing you don't want is pity. You just don't want it. So, uh, uh, and yet, you know, when people are watching this, that's, that's hard for them to not do that. Um, I don't know if a horse pities you, but I, I still believe that a horse can kind of, my horses can kind of sense uh, that things aren't normal. And so, you know, that's kind of the sign of a well-trained horse too, is that they, you know, they respond almost here, here comes Gene. He's not walking as fast as he normally does or throwing the saddle like he normally does. Uh, even saddling a horse for me was a huge challenge. It's still, my shoulders kind of got shot during this period of time. And you think about just lifting a saddle up onto the back of the horse. It was a process for me. So I totally understand that when people have long-term injuries and they, you know, how do you get the, you want to go riding, but are you going to be able to catch the horse? Are you going to be able to, reach up and bridle it. Are you going to be able to saddle it and all those type of things? So I think part of the thing is, is I started slow. I had some older horses here that I, I remember it was really a um, hard thing for me. I had, I had a horse that I'd started. I've trained horses my whole life and I wouldn't consider myself a a Pirelli person. I'm a, a guy that just has always started Colts got them going and sold them. That's what I've done my whole life and and put ranch miles on them. And so anyway, I I had one of those horses around before I got sick. Well, I came back in the spring and I, I just knew it was too much horse for me. So I had to call in this young woman who was a real good horse trainer and have her ride the horse for me for a month before I got back on it. That was a really a tough pill for me to swallow. But it was the thing to do, you know, because I, I couldn't chance getting hurt again. And so, I mean, there's a pride thing that goes with that and all of the things. But and then you have to make, make common sense. Don't try to get on a bronc or don't try to get, you know, you're just it's not fair to the horse to to try to ride one that that you can't control. And uh, so we took it slow and we went with uh, with my old faithful and, and just started riding. And then that builds your muscles eventually, too, you know, so. Absolutely. So you, you made a comment, you said, you know, you, you thought, you know, horses can't talk, but you thought the horses could tell when you were putting the saddle on, like Gene's not well today, or he's not a hundred percent. So I don't know. I always just kind of think that horses are really mindful and they try to meet you kind of where they are. So you have kind of a big job. You're the director of economic development. Do you think going through that process has helped you be, you know, more mindful, patient, uh, better with, a better, better with people in the industry after this. Yeah. And I'll have to give you a caveat. I don't do that anymore. I, 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 when I got sick, then I retired from that, but I do, I'm still really involved in these things. So yes, absolutely. My takeaway from all of this was I came back to a world and, and it's, this is probably a big statement. I don't want to burden you with it, but 
the world is so mean right now and they just people seem to be just so angry with each other and i did walk away from that not being able to take that anymore i just couldn't i couldn't take the because people had been so good to me they the world had been so good to me i kind of came out of this in the time where there's just a lot of negativity in this world mm-hmm. so i'm not probably as aggressive as i had been before i'm much more much more aware of people's feelings much more aware of that these things can be nabbed grasped from you in a second you know you 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 so yeah it's changed me dramatically as a person dramatically and i and it probably uh, it made me i as a leader in the state and the community i i wasn't able to for a couple of years my mind wasn't uh, the way it needed to be either and so um I just couldn't fight. I didn't have the fight left to fight with people about, you know, what should or shouldn't be done. So I kind of backed away from that. So, but now I'm back into it again and I've, I've got some of that back, but I never forget. I never forget what it was like to be helpless and have people help you. And so um, to answer your question, I'm not probably as good at what I used to be because I just look at everything like, um, this is not this is not the hardest day of your life folks you know whether you get a new road or or uh, somebody fired somebody that's not the hardest day of your life and then you'll know when you have the hardest day of your life <laughs> right so yeah with perspective and with that yes. being said you know when when kids are being mean or adults are being mm-hmm. mean and like yeah. you said the world's angry aren't you yeah. just kind of like let's just go to the round pen guys and figure oh, this out absolutely you could have you could have so that takes it all the way back to the beginning of how did how did this help me? It yeah. helped me put everything into perspectives. It probably took me back to where my dad and my grandfather were on this place. I'm on the place that my grandfather homesteaded. That they woke up in the morning and they had things to do, and they were they were really a, uh, a part of the natural cycle here, and they weren't probably so concerned about all the problems of the rest of the world they had a family to feed and they had animals to take care of i've simplified my life greatly because of it mm-hmm. but um on the horse side of it um i guess i've just had an attachment to horses uh, animals like everybody has I'm, it's not specifically me but um they keep it in perspective for me and if i if i'm riding a horse and they don't do what i spoke they're supposed to I'm more aware that that's my responsibility to communicate with them, not their responsibility. And that's all kind of those lessons you get when you lay there by yourself for that all those months. Actually brings me to one of my questions. I was just thinking, um, so horses in communication, mm-hmm. even before your accident, how do you think just growing up with horses and on the ranch dealing mm-hmm. with animals that can't speak English how do you think that helped you be a stronger communicator leader or even your relationships that you have how did the horse benefit that well it's you know I haven't thought about it in those terms but I think that they teach you that it's your responsibility my, my responsibility to communicate to an animal or a person what I want what I what I what what the outcome needs to be. So you learn that with a horse. You say, well, if you if I'm teaching you to move forward, 
and you're not moving forward, then I guess I'm the one that's not showing you the right way. So I think as a leader, that's the same thing. You know, if you have a bunch of people that are not getting the message you're trying to get out of there, that's not their fault. That's the mm -hmm. fault of the messenger. And I think that that's a horse thing that ties to human relationships too. And, and I can't, I'm not claiming to have this big profound thought, but you asked me what the relationship mm -hmm. is. I think no, that's, that's a true statement. Yeah. That's an excellent statement. I, I believe. So I don't want to open another can of worms, but I know you're involved with music and playing mm -hmm. the guitar and you have yeah. three daughters. Yeah. So I'm just going to tie just a little bit of music in with the rhythm of mm -hmm. horses. How do you oh, yeah. think those two correlate with uh, living your best life? Not just healing, but it's all therapeutic, but that rhythm and that music. What yeah. can you touch on that for me? For, well, it's for kind our of audience? interesting. Not with, with my daughter, Jessie, who's, you know, a pretty prolific performer and a really good songwriter. She kind of alerted me to this. And she wrote a, 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 a song called Horses and Home that, um, she said she wrote it while she was on the back of the horse. And when I play it with her, it's got the full motion of that song has a full motion of what, it, you know, the rhythm that a horse has walking, trotting or, or cantering or whatever they do. It's there's, well, I shouldn't say that because there are horses that cross up and you don't have it. It'd almost be like, now you've brought me thinking this through that I never thought about before. When a horse crosses its leads or it's, it's a, uh, it's jogging your teeth out of you, you know, it's out of sync mm -hmm. and that, and that music can be the same way. It, it has a pattern and if it gets out of pattern, it's not going to, it's not going to soothe you. It's not going to, the message is not going to be there. So I've never thought about that that way, but that's a, that's a really, now I'll probably always think about that. But well, I'm life, already life, thinking. Life has a pattern to it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already thinking we need that song for opening <laughs> lessons when when we have kids come out tying music. Hor with the horses and home is a really because I I probably was with her when she wrote that, but it's funny that song they actually took and um, it was really interesting because that was just a basic song. It's not a basic song, but it was a simple song. She was able to uh, the the Fargo Philharmonic Orchestra actually put like a hundred piece orchestra behind that song. And oh, then wow. she sang it on stage. And it was one of the most delightful things I've ever heard about because she took all of those people back to the prairie and said, this is what I wrote while I was on the back of this horse. And, you know, that's kind of a stretch from what we're talking about, but the relationship between those, that rhythm and mm -hmm. the patterns and those kind of things. And if you're out of sync with your horse, it's not unlike being out of sync with music you know uh, some of it comes naturally and some doesn't but that's but that's life in general you know life has its patterns and you know when you when you when you in that even in your human human body you know once that gets out of sync you can wind up in the hospital in minneapolis for six months or whatever you know right absolutely i was just gonna say that isn't isn't trauma or you know when things go south Something yep. is out of sync. So you yes. really nailed yep. it on yep. the head there, Gene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Gene, I, I, I know Katie and I both got a lot out of this, out of this more than we thought we would, <laughs> um, just for twenty minutes. But I know you're a busy guy, and we truly appreciated the conversation and the insight. And we just look forward to hearing more about 
what, well, Katie just reminded me. I guess I didn't ask you this. I'm sorry. What is your why? Why do you keep getting up in the morning and oh. going to the ranch, the family, everything? What What's in that heart? It's pretty, it's, it's quite different after I almost had it taken away from me. It's different than other people, but the mortality piece is the realization that this day is a special day. This is a gift today. And I'm not being dramatic about it, but no, it, it truly is. is. It you is. wake up in the morning and you go, this is, don't take one moment for granted. I was with my grandkids yesterday and my grandkids, they are my, it's like I get to relive this life. All these grandkids I have that I wouldn't have seen. I would have not had another day with them. And so I've got all these days with them. I spend a lot of time just sitting watching them going, what a wonder this is. And now teaching them to do, they're learning the riding things. They're learning proper etiquette around a horse and they're learning to respect the animals and all that. That is, that's what makes me tick right now. And I know that I might not get to do that tomorrow. My life will be shortened. I know it is. I, what I've went through is not, I'm not going to be a hundred year old cowboy out there. And, and I'm okay with that because these are all, these are all today is this gift and don't waste it by being a putz, you know, get out yeah. there and enjoy it. <laughs> that's my takeaway. You know, and I think that's really on a Monday morning. I think that's great information, <laughs> you know, for anyone that's caught in traffic, like if you're yes. 30 seconds late at Starbucks, yeah. You know, yes. it's not the end yes. of the world. So I think we'll end with that. This is a special, yeah. this is a special day and don't take one moment for granted. Well, thanks, right. Jean. Thanks, Jean. I appreciate you what you do. One. I do. I do appreciate what you're doing with this therapeutic writing. And thank you for doing that. I'll, I'll give you the thanks back for that. Oh, oh, thank you. Have a great one. We'll see you later, Jean. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.